Welcome to the Modern Yogi Podcast, an exploration of ancient wisdom. Hello, hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Modern Yogi Podcast. We are on episode number 44. Thank you so much for joining us. We are happy that you are here with us along the way. Uh, also, our podcast equipment is dying. So if you could check out our GoFundMe, I just went straight to it. It's not no that's small nice, talk. That's nice. No small talk. Right to the chase. Guys, we can't continue if our equipment dies. Basically, so what's happening us. is when we put our headphones on, it goes... What does it say? How's it go? <laughs> we, we just can't live like that. Wait, imagine, that if the, imagine if the whole podcast was... <laughs> 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 the TikTok. It's like, literally sounded like, like a war zone. That's Hilarious. So the, the the behind the scenes moments leading up to this, we were dying laughing. It sounded like I was in back in my sixth grade classroom with all 30 kids talking at once, static everywhere. What is going on? I can't hear you. Where are you ladies? And then we heard the intro showtime and we were looking at each other trying to contain our laughter. But we do need your help. Yes. Uh, we need a thingamabob. And, and, uh, and a thingamabob. Yes. Per- producer, what are those two things that we need? We're looking to buy a new audio interface and mm. microphone pre- preamplifier. Thank you. That's what we said. Exactly. exactly. Thank exactly you so much. what we said. Yeah. And so if you could help us out, that would be wonderful because we would love to finish the Gita with you all, all of you lovely listeners. Where yes. can you help us out, you ask? Well, no worries. You need to check us out at, <laughs> at the Martin Yogi Podcast. Uh, at Modern Yogi Podcast. <laughs> at Modern Yogi Podcast on Instagram. On then, Instagram. And there you will find the link to our GoFundMe, which we're about to put in the bio. It's currently a story, uh, but it'll be put in the bio in just a second. So when by the time you log in and you're hearing this, it'll be in our bio. Click on that link. And whatever you're inspired to donate from your heart, we'd be so, 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 so grateful. A dollar, 50 cents, 25 Literally. cents. Hopefully a little bit more. <laughs> I mean, saying, no judgment. It doesn't no matter. Judgment. It doesn't Literally. matter. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. We're doesn't just, matter. you know, grateful for your support. And we're little here. judgment, but no judgment. Oh. Really. <laughs> okay. Anyways, let's but get started. Whatever you can from your heart. Okay, yeah. let's get started. Yeah. Okay. 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 All right. What's the recap, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen? The oh. recap. Oh, oh gosh. Was such a good episode last episode. It was I- such a good episode. <laughs> Let me tell you, if you haven't heard it, please go back to hear it. We talked so much about just the seeing Krishna and everything. Yes, seeing Krishna and everyone. Yeah, seeing Krishna and everything. And basically, if I can just say, go the ahead. summary was just always remember Krishna, never forget. Krishna. Yeah. Uh, he's always in our heart. He's in everyone's heart. Yeah. And if you see Krishna in everyone's heart, if you really practice doing that, it'll change all of your interactions. Yes. Because all of a sudden, even when someone throws darts at you, throws negativity, throws anger, take a deep breath, spread the gap between the stimulus and response and try to speak to them really knowing Krishna's in their heart, just waiting for them to turn to him. And people in this world are so angry, so frustrated. There's so much difficulty in life that it's easy if people don't have a spiritual path to follow they're going to be frustrated and lost so just turn to them with compassion take a deep breath and know krishna's there episode 43 was one of my favorite episodes just to film personally and also it contained my favorite verse which was text number 30 so go check that out yes and if you want to learn about bhakta ted Ted Lasso. Oh yeah, we talked about <laughs> pop go culture, how that relates. Go check it out. It was it's really, really cool. Just really yeah. cool. Well, let's get started. All right, so much fun. Please let us. Oh my Jnana Timirandasya Jnana Shalakaya Shakshurum Militam Yena Tasmai Shri Gurave Namaha Translation, I was born in the darkest ignorance and my spiritual master opened my eyes with the torch of knowledge. I offer my respectful obeisances unto him. 
All right, chapter six, text number 31. Take it away, Priya. Yes. Uh, the previous one was talking about for one who sees me everywhere and sees everything in me, the me's being Krishna. Uh, Krishna is never lost and nor is that person lost to Krishna. So and just that's saying Shama that. That's Sangeeta's favorite verse. Yes. Favorite verse. Just saying that because it, it goes on to say, right. text uh, 31, it says, such a yogi who engages in the worship of service of the super soul, knowing that I and the super soul within all creatures are one, remains always in me in all circumstances. Can I read that one yeah, more time? Yeah, okay, let me do that again. Such a yogi who engages in the worshipful service of the super soul, knowing that Krishna and the super soul within all creatures are one, remains always in Krishna in all circumstances. Mm. Okay, so this notion of super soul, uh, I always think of it as like, Oprah's Super Soul Sundays, but Super Soul <laughs> in this, that's like the brand of her thing that oh, she does on Sundays. Cool. Super Soul Sundays. So Super Soul in this is the Paramatma that we talked about mm -hmm. earlier. So Krishna. it's that little bit of Krishna that's inside of us, right? right. Sparkle. A little spark a of little Krishna, sparkle. right? Yes. Because everything, every living entity has a little bit of Krishna inside of them, whether they're yeah. human or animal or whatever, right? So if we remember that the Super Soul is that little spark of the divine, can we read that again? So such a yogi who engages in the worshipful service of the super soul, knowing that I, Krishna, and that little spark that's inside of you mm. are the same thing. Right. They remain always in me in all circumstances. Uh, Krishna. I like that you and emphasized Krishna. they're the same because that's literally the one part of the perp. I never highlight the text. I, we always go through and highlight important parts that's of the That's the only part board. that I highlight. The only <laughs> <laughs> I'm joking. But, but, um, this is the one word in the text that I highlighted are one, because that's such a powerful statement and it can mean a few things. First of all, okay. Like Shama was saying, Krishna, all powerful Lord, Lord of the universe and the super soul, that second sparkle in your heart. That's also Krishna. And they're the same. They're one. And also that can mean second point is that the Krishna that's in your heart is the same as the Krishna that's in my heart. They're not it's not, I have my own Paramatma, you have your own Paramatma, and she has her own Paramatma. Right. Paramatma's Paramatma. It's the mm. same Paramatma in everybody. And I know that can be a misconception. Some people might think, ooh, I have my own Paramatma, which is different than his Paramatma. No, it's one. It's and, the same. And when you say Paramatma... I mean, Krishna in the heart. So yep. it's the same Krishna in my heart, in your heart. Because whereas my soul is different than your soul is different than Priya's soul. But the Paramatma is not different. They're all the same. Yes, Krishna is in all our hearts and it's the same Krishna. Yeah, yeah. Love it. Perfect. All right, anything from the purport? Well, if you know it, there'll always be things in the purple. So let's <laughs> if see. If you know Shamali and I, there's always commentary here. <laughs> um, you want to go first? Sure, sure. <laughs> I did highlight one spot that I liked. Um, they're talking just about how when we concentrate our attention on the transcendental form of Krishna, who is all pervading and beyond time and space. And I really like that notion of like, wow, just how powerful is Krishna? He goes beyond time and space. And to wrap our head around that, our, the very fabric of the reality that we know in this life is all related to time and space. It always has a beginning, a middle, and an end. But to think Krishna is so beyond that, how amazing. So when we think of the Krishna that's beyond time and space, we become totally absorbed. And then, and only then, we can attain a really happy state of transcendental association with him. Meaning that when we're united with Krishna, we're in a blissful state. We're mm -hmm. happy. It's, it's that simple. Now, doing it's difficult, but it's simple also. Mm -hmm. You know what's interesting is like, 
someone who engages in the in the service of the super soul, knowing that Krish is inside us, does that also kind of mean taking care of our body, taking care of our mind, taking care of our spirit, right? Because we do need this human body to to worship, to build a relationship with Krishna, to offer things to Krishna, to, uh, you know, meditate, right? So does this also mean one who engages, like one who understands that Krishna is inside, but also takes care of the body that Krishna is inside, Mm -hmm. the temple that Krishna is inside? Oh, totally. My dad the other day asked me, what's the most important thing for a devotee to do? And I was like, uh, uh, chant my rounds. And he said, no. And I was like, go to bed early? And he's like, yes, because if you don't go to bed early, you cannot wake up early. Then you can't do your sadhana in the morning. Then it's difficult to do it in the day. Then you won't chant your rounds. so right. So I was like, that's true. That's true. Yeah. I've been really trying to go to bed earlier, which is hard for me, but totally to your point, Shama, we need to take care of our bodies. Mm. They're the temple of Krishna. They're They're the temple where we can cultivate our bhakti, perform our daily yeah. spiritual practices. If we don't, if we don't have health, everything else will crumble. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I someone said once, and I wish I had the exact quote, because I'm just going to mature it a little bit. But the idea is that in order to practice bhakti, your basic needs need to be met. And right. that means that mm-hmm. your body needs sleep, it needs water, it needs mm-hmm. food, it needs all these things. Because if you're starving, it's so much harder to focus the mind if mm-hmm. you're doing all these things, right? And um, those things that you just mentioned, mm-hmm. sleep, food, water, rest, like needs. those are what Krishna also talked about a little while ago, right? So he knows, Krishna knows what we need in order to fulfill this, Ooh, this service. Look at you tying it all together. <laughs> I love that. Oh my goodness. Oh. And this can be super practical. I want to give one thing that popped up in my life that you can apply this to. So for example, the people that you live with, like it or not, there will always be moments where you're going to have to have difficult conversations. You confront something that's like, Ooh, I got to talk about this. Oh boy. Like yeah. roommates, family, whatever family, it may be. Partners, loved ones, yeah. partners, whatever it may be, someone that you live with, you're going to have to have those difficult talks. And it's just about choosing your battles. So the other night, there was one thing that I wanted to bring up with someone I live with that what this one was valid. I thought, ah, can I let it go? I do want to bring this up. I think it'll help in the future, create a smoother transition into things. But it was 9.30 PM. I looked at the time and I, my impulse, I want to, I want to resolve this now, bring it up now, not have to deal with it. I hate to have to sit with something and bring it up the next day. It just gives me a tummy ache. But I thought, Ooh, if I bring this up and if it does become longer and the person doesn't get it, then we'll have a longer talk. Then I'll go to bed late. Then I'll be tired tomorrow. Then I won't do my sadhana tomorrow. Mm. So in an instant, I thought, no, I have to learn to sit on this and control my impulse to want to resolve it now and bring it up tomorrow in a peaceful way so that I can get my night's rest so I can have my sadhana in the morning. So it's By very- the way, when she says sadhana, she means like uh, spiritual practice, whatever that may be chanting. for you, meditation, chanting. Right. Yep. Yes. So it's a very practical moment to moment decision of, am I going to prioritize my spiritual practice or not mm-hmm. and my impulse was to bring it up because I do not like sitting on things and they become like you know like a bigger thing in my mind mm-hmm. if I don't but I laid down that night and I said please Krishna bless or give me the strength to not get so uh what's the word consumed or not so worried about things like this that are out of my control let mm-hmm. me grow learn what I need to from them and then be able to bring it up in a peaceful way and then it, it all worked out the next day on a walk outside me and this person brought it up it worked out well and I still was able to have my spiritual practice in a timely manner the next morning so there are moment-to-moment decisions that you're going to make up am I going to derail my whole night routine and then be tired and not be because we we talked about it a while ago we need that balance that equilibrium mm-hmm. to be able to even and practice our yeah. spiritual we routine. need regulation yeah we need a little regulation in our everyday lives in order to be able to introduce krishna consciousness focus meditation all these things in a way that we can handle it yeah right. and i think in this case it's talking about taking care of the body like our temple right but it's also taking care of 
like Krishna in our heart, meaning that connection, yes. right? right? That yep. connection. And so it's like, yes, take care of your body and also continue learning about Krishna and figuring out your relationship with Krishna. Because combining these two together is you're providing a home for a little Krishna in your heart mm. that is good. Yeah. And you're providing, uh, um, what is it called? Um, companionship for Krishna, oh, right? I love like that. if you get to know beautiful. him. So it's like a beautiful home that you're building within oh. yourself, right? And so um, I, I really love this part of the text, uh, the purport that says, the yogi in Krishna consciousness, even though he may be engaged in various activities while in material existence, remains always situated in Krishna. Mm. Oh, I love that. That's I really, really love that because there were other, there were a few texts before we were talking about like uh, dhyana yoga and like how it's like, you got to live by this. You got to be regulated. You got to right. do this. And it almost left no room for the reality that we're still in this material existence. Correct. Correct. And it's Correct. really nice to say that if you are connecting Krishna to everything and everyone you see, and you are focusing on the little home in your heart for Krishna oh. and that relationship with Krishna, then of course you're going to be part of this material life, but you're still connected spiritually. And that's, right. you know, that keeps you afloat. He's right. kind of like our little roommate. I yeah, he's our, he's our roommate in our heart. Yeah, and we still have to cultivate that bond because that. he needs to go through this entire journey yeah. with us. You know, roommates fight, we argue, but we love each other deep down, and we have yeah. to go on this journey with our little roommate. And you know what? I love and the roommate analogy. So when you're <laughs> fighting with your real life roommates, you jump into the little inner roommate to give you strength, recharge you, and handle better the external roommate situation. <laughs> yeah. You know Look what I mean? Because the, the one in our heart doesn't pay rent. So. <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah, I yeah. love that. That's a really cute He's analogy. A and a, I think a lot of people ignore their little roommate in their heart. You know what I mean? Oh, and yeah. then you don't have a relationship, but you also don't have the beautiful benefits of having uh -huh. that. Because yeah. then you have no inner world to jump into when the outer world is chaos, which it will be. It yeah. always At is. At some point, yep. yeah. And the thing is, the, when the outer world is chaos and it's very loud, the little roommate whispers, right? And we just have to be there to listen. We have to have the right <laughs> mind to listen when the little roommate whispers, like, don't do that. <laughs> connecting it to it's kind of like unplugging <laughs> connecting it to our failing sound equipment when it was like chaos in the sound check it was like <laughs> what, so what, what sound was it Priya? <laughs> right right we were all talking at once we heard that sound at one point Shama you took off the headphones you're like ah that's too much you unplugged so unplugged. jumping into the inner room in mm. your heart is like unplugging from all the noise you know I love that Great analogy. <laughs> Look at us coming together with that. Oh, I love it. Shamily. Priya, you brought up about dhyana yoga and all the other yogas that are sometimes hard to do. And I love this one line connecting it to that. It says Krishna consciousness is the highest state of trance in yoga practice. And I love the word trance because it really is like we're in a trance when we practice. We're always conscious of Krishna no matter what we do. So we're going about our daily activities, our practical things we have to do in life, but we're fully absorbed in Krishna. Yeah, and the line after that says, This very understanding that Krishna is present as Paramatma or a little roommate in mm. everyone's heart makes the yogi faultless. Beautiful. It does. It helps a lot. If you can remember that Krishna is in everyone's heart, how we treat that person might ch like changes, right? How mm -hmm. we every everyday dealings change. And so it's yeah. it's really important for us to remember that and yeah. be intentional about how we treat others and giving them second chances or, right. or the benefit of the doubt. Yeah. And the last thing I want to bring up is this one beautiful analogy they talk about with the sun, because in the previous episode, Priya said a very practical thing. And when we were talking about seeing Krishna everywhere, she had said, when you see the sun and the moon, at least start small and try and think of Krishna. So the last line uses the sun in a different way. It says, by his, by Krishna's inconceivable potency, 
Debussy. In spite of his one form, he is present everywhere in everybody's heart as the sun appears in many places at once. Mm. I love that because we have one sun, but the sun you can feel in every country in the world. Yeah. And it doesn't matter because it's still the one sun. I love that. This is such a cute little gift wrapped up. Like nice little text. Tiny, tiny present. Stop the landing. (laughs) Beautiful ladies. All right. Text 32. All right. He is a perfect yogi who, by comparison to his own self, sees the true equality of all beings in both their happiness and their distress. Mm. Oh, Arjuna. Oh, I very love this interesting. One. This is this Have you is, met anyone like this? Oh, it's hard. Okay, so like so let's you know when you get hangry and you're just not a good person to be around. Or it's not hangry for, for me. It's actually if I'm if I haven't gotten enough sleep. I'm not really pleasant to be around, right? Mm. And so, like, I think the perfect yogi, Krishna is saying, sees the equality of all beings in their happiness and distress, their hangry states, their ugly (laughs) states, their their just unpleasant states, and also their best states. And so that, this is harder to do than than this verse lets on, I think. You know what I mean? Right. No, for sure. But, you know, I like it because in the purport, it says how, because it's, in reflection to our own experience, our own shared humanity, because it says one who's Krishna conscious is aware of everyone's happiness and distress by dint of his own personal experience. So by our own personal experience, we know what life is going to do to us. Our, our cause of his distress is basically we, we forget our relationship with Krishna. We think we're just supposed to enjoy this material world. So we understand the suffering because even though we're all going through unique, different situations, Ultimately, our cause of suffering is the same because we forget what's the point of it all. And we get consumed by the waves of material life that are thrashing us around left and right. So we can relate to people. But because we have this deep well of happiness that stems from our spiritual knowledge, you know, it's, it's our life vest. So because of that, we know Krishna is the supreme enjoyer. We know, oh, I love how they just worded it. I'm going to read it. We, the cause of happiness is knowing Krishna to be the supreme enjoyer of all the activities of the human being, the proprietor of all the lands and planets, plants, planets, planets, <laughs> and the sincerest friend of all living entities. Hmm. Yeah. I also want to bring up celebrity culture for a second here, because like whenever you see tabloids <laughs> and whatnot, when you're, I always have a point. You guys think I never have no, a point. No, I didn't say anything. Hey, it was I, was Shalai. Shalai. I didn't Shalai. do anything. No, you never think I have a point. Can I tell you why I chuckled? chuckled. <laughs> no, I'm not going to tell you why I chuckled. Because in my mind, in my mind, I was seeing Krishna as his friend and I was like, in the, almost like a montage of la, la, la. And then I thought, wah, wah, celebrity culture, materialism, blah, blah, blah. It was like a rough transition, but not that you don't have a point. No, no, no. I don't have really good transitions. <laughs> but you know what? But, I like it. You're direct and to the point. So what's your point? Okay, guys. so celebrity culture. Okay, so it talks about, you know, when you like you're going through a grocery store and you see all these tabloids on like just on the checkout counter. Right. right? Mm -hmm. And it's always like pointing out what's bad that's happening. Mm -hmm. Like, oh, did you hear what happened to Meghan Markle? And Mm -hmm. this happened, blah, 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 blah. And it's like so easy to get caught up and be like, ah, good for her. She's a celebrity or like, you know what I mean? Like people go through good times (laughs) and bad times and whatnot. And I think that this verse is pointing out that a modern yogi, a true yogi, understands that there's going to be ebbs and flows in people's lives, right? Right. And to see everyone with love and compassion and in this verse, equality is Mm -hmm. understanding not to judge them through Mm. the good and bad times, right? right? Right. Not succumbing to that culture of, you know, condemning people for having, going through bad things or, you you know what I mean? Yeah, no, I totally agree what you mean. 
I think um, for, I have an, a, a story, which I don't know if I've already told before, but um, there was this uh, teacher from our philosophy, this amazing, he's, he's like the definition of leadership. Like he's mm. someone you look up to and see, and he's amazing. Um, and he, uh, I was, I was young. I think I was like 19. So I guess not that young, but anyways, I was pretty young and he asked me to be a part of a project and he asked me to be part of a project because back in the day I was doing graphic design mm. and, uh, because of who he was, I was like, oh my gosh, I would love to do that. You know, with your team, I would love to be a part of that. Um, but at the same time, what was happening, maybe I was a little older than that, actually, but anytime, anytime, anyways, uh, what was happening at the same time is that I really didn't want to be a graphic designer anymore. Mm. Uh, I was transitioning into becoming a teacher at that time. So I, I was a little older and, uh, I didn't have the skills to communicate to him that I didn't want to be doing this kind of thing anymore. Mm. And so I ghosted him mm. yep. and I remember, uh, he like try to reach out to me through someone else. And I felt so bad. And I was like, oh my gosh, I have to reply. And I was so nervous the next time I saw him because I thought, wow, like I, that was so not okay of me. And he treated me with so much kindness. Mm, right. And I think someone said to me afterwards, after saying that, he, they said, when someone is a true yogi and they understand everyone, they see everyone for their potential and they don't judge them for their mistakes. Oof, I love that. You know, and I, I think that's sort of like understanding that we're equally struggling in this material world and we're right. all trying to just do the best that we can and like to give right. compassion. Yeah. And I just thought that Q is a really good example of this idea. Right. Right? A true yogi sees everyone's potential and doesn't judge them for, for their mistakes. For their mistakes. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. So mm. I just thought, I don't know. I, I, is that relevant? I'm like trying to yeah, understand yeah, yeah. the context because I feel like I understand the text. Um, I think I understand the text, but then the first sentence of the purport kind of makes me think of something different. Like it does it. Well, the purport makes a few points. I think that's well, what's the happening, first one, right? The first, just the first sentence. When it says, um, a one who is Krishna consciousness in perfect, in a, is a perfect yogi. He is aware of everyone's happiness and distress by dint of his own personal experience. When that's talking like, is, does that mean that we are able to be empathic? Right. That's kind of what, that was what, what I was bringing up originally with, I like the word, or I like the phrasing, by dint of his own personal experience. So meaning we know the situation, we know what's happening in the material world. We know that when we, we suffer, when we forget our eternal relationship to Krishna. So we can look out into humanity and know that most people are in a state of suffering. They don't know what's mm. going on. They're bewildered. So because of our own experience with that, because we're in contact with this knowledge, we know what it takes to really be happy, truly, and liberated, Gotcha. you know? So that was the point I was making earlier. And the purport makes a few points. So that was the point I was trying to highlight from the purport originally. Um, and the cause of happiness is knowing that, knowing our, our ultimate connection to Krishna, knowing who he is, how he's the supreme enjoyer. He's uh, the proprietor of all lands. He's the sincerest friend of all living entities. And actually, Shama, also I chuckled because your transition was in a way how the material world is. It is like that. See? It's the duality. I knew I had a point. No, for real. Like <laughs> I, I laughed at the stark transition, but that's the way the material world is. We have all of these Krishna's everyone's friends. Hallelujah. That was playing in my mind. And then you brought up the other side, which is so there intertwined. They're both there. And it's up to us to choose which side are we going to focus on? You know? Yeah. Mm -hmm. I guess like for me, I was, I was seeing this purport, like I understand what you're saying and I agree a hundred percent. I was seeing this more so as like devotees are so empathic and compassionate that mm -hmm. they can be there for everyone in different circumstances. There's one part of the purport that says, in other words, a devotee of the Lord always looks to the welfare of all living in 
entities. And in this way, he is factually the friend of everyone. Right, right. Yeah. I think they go hand in hand. Yes, because agree, agree. we know the situation, because we're in contact with this knowledge, then we try to be what you're saying. Everybody's friend. We try to spread it. It's, yeah, it says... Because uh, one in Krishna consciousness is happy, he tries to distribute the knowledge of Krishna everywhere. So the perfect yogi, actually, uh, he is the best philanthropist in the world and he is the dearest servitor of the Lord. Hey, that's what we're doing. That's what we're doing. We're trying. That's what we're trying. That's what we're trying to do. That's what we're trying to do. That's what we're trying to do. We're trying to bring in the humanity. (laughs) That's what we try. I like it. I like it. Yeah, it also says that such a person does not envy his the other living entities, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. um, and that that differentiates between a devotee and a yogi. That sometimes a yogi is looking more for their own personal. Um, elevation, whereas yeah. a devotee has more of a welfare of everyone in mind. Right. And you know what, actually, not envying others, uh, bringing it up to the celebrity uh, kind of example you brought up, Shama, it is easy to look at others' lives, look at celebrities of pop culture and be media. like, Ugh, they have so much, I want that, just because we see on the external what they have. Right. But if they're not in contact with something of spirit, something connected to Krishna on that'll help them on their spiritual path. Yeah. They're not truly happy. Yeah. There's still have, struggles. We have to remember that because sometimes we can be blinded by this, yeah. this fancy light that social media presents everybody's right. lives. But because everyone is in the material world, they will be part of the, the suffering that the material world has. And right. so no one can escape it. Everyone puts all these fancy little photos of them mm-hmm. having brunch or going on vacation. But we, we have to remember that it's not all, it's not all hunky dory out there. Yeah. It's and it's normal like for them. it not to be, you know? I, I think that's some people are like trying so hard to be happy in material mm-hmm. ways. And like we obviously know that that's not the way, but the real understanding is this material world is not for enjoyment. Right. Like right. there, I've never met anyone who's been 100% happy for their whole yep, life. There's right. always going to be struggle. There's always going to be something because those struggles actually push us closer to understanding and wanting to have some faith, Krishna, mm-hmm. right. understanding of something greater than ourselves, right? Right. So, and connecting it to Priya what you had read about, you know, the perfect yogi doesn't do it for perfection on our own path for personal benefit, but we're trying to do it for others. So there's the last line, the yogi who has withdrawn to a secluded place in order to meditate perfectly. It's, it's not, may not be as perfect of a devotee as who, one who is trying to turn every man towards Krishna consciousness. Yeah. So in this podcast, if we're able to even turn one person a little closer to Krishna, I'd say, Mission accomplished. Success. Yeah. Great success. Anything else before we move on to number text number 33? All right. So here, when we all actually got to text 33, all of us, we were like, Arjuna speaking. Because up until now, uh, <laughs> if you've been following, who has it been, Priya, speaking? Uh, Krishna has been monologuing for a, quite a little bit. And we were yeah. like, yo, where's Arjuna? And like, Arjuna's right. here yo. now. <laughs> because we're still on the, it's easy to lose sight of the storyline if you just read the purport. Or if you're reading the purports as well, not just the text. Because we're still on the battlefield of Kurukshetra. The battlefield has, or the battle hasn't even started. It's the beginning. <laughs> They're still off in the <laughs> Center having a whole conversation and everyone's tapping their foot be like oh excuse me we're still here, we're still here. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and just as a quick reminder we're, we're still on the chapter for dhyana yoga which right. is meditation exactly that's an important yeah setting into what is going to happen right now so yes. <laughs> arjuna says oh madhusudana which is another name for krishna Oh, Krishna, oh, Madhusudana, the system of yoga, which you have summarized, appears impractical and 
unendurable to me, for the mind is restless and unsteady. You know what I love? He he hasn't said anything for such a long time. (laughs) And the first thing he says was like, yo, I don't know what you're saying, dude. It don't work. (laughs) It don't work. I don't know what you're talking about. (laughs) What are you talking about, Willis? So that's essentially what he said. I love it because it actually shows the true friendship. You know know when someone's your good friend, (laughs) when they tell you... what you're saying don't make sense. <laughs> you know, you're talking crazy. But someone, someone who's not a close friend will be like, "Oh yeah, yeah, cool, yeah, cool, cool. That's yeah, so crazy. Uh, yeah, totally. Oh, yeah, I'll definitely do cool. that. Yeah, why, I'll why definitely not? do the yoga. Okay, I guess I'll try it out sometime. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but a real friend is like, I don't know if that's practical. Can you like be realistic here? <laughs> and you know what's funny? I think it shows, like you say, their closeness. And number two, it also shows Arjuna's humility because actually, someone on his level probably could do that. But he's also kind of speaking for our benefit because we yeah. definitely couldn't do that. And we're well, going to break into that. It kind of in goes purport. into that. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. it goes so into them. Priya and I find every word <laughs> of this purport important. And I know Shama's good at summarizing. I cannot summarize. I cannot summarize for the life of me. <laughs> but truly in this, sake, in this case, every word of the purport is important. Wait, before we dive into what you guys have to say. So yeah. he says the system of yoga, which is, he's talking about dhyana yoga, right? right. Yes, meditation. So mm-hmm. he's saying, hey, Krishna, this dhyana yoga is impractical because my mind is crazy, crazy bollocks, right? And then, <laughs> basically. Essentially. So, like, that's essentially the translation of this verse, correct? Yes, because my mind is restless and unsteady, but crazy bollocks works too. Okay, cool, cool, cool. Isn't <laughs> that one of the British, like, oh, not like again. wanker? No, I'm you sorry. can't say wanker. I told okay, you okay. not You're right, that. you're right. We don't know. I thought oh, bollocks was just, just as bad. bad. You British listeners, we're very, very Isn't sorry. Isn't bollocks we just as bad? No, it's not. Okay, don't I'm take sorry. me down with you. Okay, anyways, let's get back to it, okay? Okay. To the purport. Okay. Okay, okay. So basically here in the purport, (laughs) here in the purport, we're talking about um, Arjuna's concern, right? Right. And we're talking about how it's not really possible for men to leave their home and go to a secluded place. And by men, we mean mankind. Mankind. Yes, mankind. And womankind and their kind. Okay, anyways. Uh, It is not possible for anyone to leave their home and go to a secluded place in the mountains or jungles to practice yoga at this particular time at the age of Kali, right? We've talked about we're in the age of Kali. The age of Kali is like the 1800s, the 1900s, 2000s, the 2000s, there's a lot of, there's a lot. Right. I'm just kind of giving you perspective. We're in the age of Kali, we are which is the last yuga. Yes, and it lasts like thousands and thousands of years. Right. I and don't know exactly how many. Lots. Yeah, lots. lots. Anyways. <laughs> <laughs> so basically, um, in this present time, because our minds are so restless and unsteady, it is very, very impossible for us to just leave our home, not worry right. about work, not worry about families, not worry about anything, and just try to meditate. Meditate in right? forest. Yeah. Right. Because it kind of says this present age, uh, let me just read what it's characterized by. It's characterized by a bitter struggle for a life of short duration. People are not serious about self-realization, even by simple practical means. And what to speak of this difficult yoga system, or in this case, dhyana yoga, which regulates the mode of living, the matter of sitting, selection of place and detachment of the mind from material engagements. Ooh, can we break that down? Let's break it down. Yeah. So um, first you said that this age is characterized by a bitter struggle for a life of short duration. And that I thought was super fascinating because in the different yugas, people used to live longer. Right. And we have slowly, and it kind of, it's, it's an interesting perspective because I know that before medicine, people used to live shorter but that's only within the last let's say a thousand years before that like many many thousands and thousands of years ago people would live past a hundred years like easily and so 
Um, I mean, as you can see, a lot of people live less life now. But anyways, so that's that's part of uh, describing the age of Kali. And then it says, um, people are not serious about self-realization, even by simple practical means. So what to speak of this particular thing where they're telling you to eat not too much, not too little. Right. Sleep not too much, not too little. Telling you to be super regulated. All of these things are really yeah. this difficult. This is all dhyana yoga again. In case this is it the gets description confusing. of dhyana yoga, right? Which is not bhakti yoga. It is different. It's a step, a couple of steps below, below. if you could say that, right? Yeah. But it, it would be helpful in your practice of bhakti yoga. Right. It doesn't hurt. It doesn't hurt. But um, yeah, so basically, because it's so strict, because this meditation, dhyana yoga meditation is so strict, where they tell you how to sit, how to live, where to be, and all of that, Arjuna is basically saying, like, what are the chances? Yeah. He's basically right. saying, this is not practical. Right. This is right. not practical at all. And you have to remember, Arjuna is like a soldier. He's, he's, re he's like, like trained for warfare right. like he's he's a go get him type of guy you know it what I mean literally says those literally, right here. yeah Shama you're saying the next part of the purport that Priya and I are very excited to continue go, 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 go. <laughs> no I mean you've got it already within you because literally it's making that point that as a practical man Arjuna thought it was impossible to follow this system of yoga even though he was favorably endowed in many ways Priya do you want to take it away the yeah next part? I mean if you if you know Arjuna you know he's from a royal family yes he has a lot of good qualities he's a great warrior he's lived a long life and the biggest and most important part of this is he is an intimate friend of krishna mm. like he has a really so having the all best of these friend qualities with yeah having all of these qualities you'd think that he would be able to do it right, right. but he's still saying i don't think this advice would work for most yeah. people yeah it's, right. not working. it's not going to work for me. And I don't think it'll work for most right, people. Because exactly. if 5,000, this happened 5,000 years ago, Arjuna had much better facilities than we do now. And still, as we're saying, he refused to accept this system of yoga. So in fact, oh, and I find this line fascinating, we don't find any record in history of Arjuna ever practicing it at any time. Dhyana yoga, that is. Mm -hmm. So this system uh, must be generally impossible then in this age of Kali Yuga is since we're not Arjuna, we're not royalty who's practicing mind control all the time and we're not just besties we've got. I mean, also perspective, Arjuna was the kind of man that was so well trained in his war. Uh, like he was a, an archer. He could like throw an arrow that was so precise that it could yeah. hit the eye of a fish, yeah. right? Like that kind of ability, right? That means you have focus, you have all these qualities to be able to achieve that. Right. And he's saying, I don't think I can do it. I don't think other people can do it. Now, Prabhupada here says it might be possible for a very, very few rare people, mm -hmm. right? Right. But for the people in general... I just not. Nah. <laughs> right, right. So if this were if this were the case 5,000 years ago, what to speak of present day? Oh, God, right. we can't even handle meditating for a second. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, yeah, that's that's the gist. Shamla, you want to add anything else? No, I think I, I'm just feeling so happy we went through the whole purport. <laughs> <No. laughs> yeah. I'm happy you guys did it in a timely fashion. <laughs> we tried it. Everybody wins. Everybody wins. <laughs> share with the audience a little bit this is what happens oftentimes yeah. uh, before we record the podcast uh, we all highlight important things uh, from the port but that we don't know what the other ones highlight we all individually highlight and then we come together and we record so this magic happens spontaneously on the fly yes on air <laughs> yeah so um, every time uh, Shamali is the one that highlights the most out of all of us I'm the even. second I'm the second one that highlights the most I would say maybe and then Shamali the is like adds all the pop culture and all the fun stuff for us I highlight too kind of not really 
Sometimes. She highlights. She highlights. highlights. Sometimes. If you look at her back of a detail, there's sticky notes all over the place. There are highlights, too. (laughs) This was not a diss. I was just saying real highlights. But but Shamali loves to read pretty much the whole board board. And so she got really satisfaction of accomplishing that today. Yeah, 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 I do. And that's all I wanted to say. And it drives me crazy when we only finish two verses per episode. So (laughs) this is a happy medium. Maybe we'll do three. I I do like to add stuff beyond the purport, but when I read through the purport, I think, what is not important from this? I just think, wow. Everything is so important. It's really hard. It is Not always, but... (laughs) (laughs) Anyway. And and yeah, so I don't like to read word for word for word. I like to summarize, but I think every single point is important. So that's why I think the three of us are just like this sweet chemistry of we balance each other out. I love it. There we go. Chapter six, text number 34. (laughs) We're done. (laughs) Pre-production. All right. The mind is restless. Turbulent. Sorry. (laughs) For the mind, yeah. The mind is restless, turbulent, obstinate, and very strong. Oh, Krishna. And to subdue it, I think it's more difficult than controlling the wind. This is one of the most practical verses in the (laughs) entire Gita because he's literally saying everything that we struggle with, especially if you struggle with anxiety or some sort of like mental mental illness, like Mm. the mind can be so, so, so (sighs) strong, right? And he's literally saying this. It's it's, it's restless, it's turbulent, it's obstinate, it's very strong. Like it's like our mind can sometimes bring us to these deep dark holes of like what if this happens and then what if this happens and then what if this happens and then we just are lying awake just like sweaty being like oh my god I don't know what's gonna happen tomorrow right and so Krishna uh, sorry Arjuna is really talking about how powerful our mind is when it comes to creating anxiety for us and he says it's more difficult to control than the wind nobody can control the wind and so that's the analogy that he's trying to make right and already the first line in the purport the mind is so strong and obstinate that it sometimes overcomes the intelligence, although the mind is supposed to be subservient to the intelligence. And I love that because in Bhakti, we really try to control the senses and filter everything through our intelligence instead of just impulsively acting on on our senses, on what we want yeah. in the moment. Yeah. And okay. So in an order of hierarchy of what ideally should be is intelligence, then mind. Right. Yes. And actually, actually... Like a filter. Like a filter. Uh, this whole purport is very interesting as well. Very important. Very important <laughs> business. Because... Oh, okay. cool. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead. I would like to learn more about this purport, you say. <laughs> yes, it is important because, because it talks about the different aspects... Of like, it kind of gives you an example of how the mind works and the intelligence. Yes, yes Shamali? I'm raising my hand if you can't see viewers. No, and then I, I will raise it after to talk about my dog analogy about the mind and the intelligence. But you yes. go first. No, I was about to say why it's so important. Because when you get a Bhagavad Gita, in the very middle of the Bhagavad Gita, ah, okay. I'm crying out of <coughs> So Bhagavad Gita. Bhagavad Gita. There are like a few pages in the middle, uh, just not that many pages that are pictures. Oh, this yes. text is literally one of the most important because they highlighted it in a picture. If you go to the middle, plate nine, it talks about the individual is the passenger in the car of the material body and the intelligence is the driver. It like breaks down this awesome yes, image. Can where, we break it down really like clearly? Oh, we're going to go through it, but I'm just saying this. the rest of the purport really gets into this exact same picture. So, uh, and we haven't even gotten there. That That's like after the Sanskrit in the second half, they start talking about the picture and describing and breaking it down. And this is one of like the go-to images that whenever anyone that doesn't even know about the Bhagavad Oh my God. Bhagavad Gita. Gita. Uh, Bhagavad Gita. I've never had this problem before. We're going to let you have the hug. You get the Gita. Thanks. 
even if they haven't heard about the Bhagavad Gita, I still show them this picture and I start breaking it down with this page 287 on my version. And then I read to them this purport that I'm, we're about to get into. So it's very important, beautiful analogy of the mind. Yes, Shamas and Gita, you wanted to give your example of the, the dog. Mind. You raised oh, your yeah, hand. Okay, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Your okay, turn. so so really, really quick. Okay, say you're a dog walker. That's that's who you are. That's the soul, right? And all the dog dog Ooh. walker wants to do is have a peaceful walk. Yes, through the neighborhood, right? Yes. Our soul just wants to be at peace. That's the only thing that we're craving, right? Mm. So the dog walker just wants to have a peaceful walk. We are, that's the soul. Now, imagine you have five dogs. Those are your five senses. What are the five senses? Anyone. Ears, eyes, nose, mouth. How many is that? Touch. Okay, thank you. Okay, perfect, right? So those are our five <laughs> dogs that we're walking, right? And imagine you had to take those five dogs on a walk without any leashes. It would be horrifying. Yeah. It would be very, very distraught. You would not have a peaceful walk, right? right? Now, when you put the leashes on, the leashes are kind of like the mind. The mind controls these senses, mm -hmm. but they still, the dogs can still run and sniff a bush or like pee on this or whatnot, right? Mm -hmm. But in order for the mind to be in check, we need to have intelligence, right? Mm -hmm. So the intelligence says, nope, keep this dog away from this bush because he loves to put to pee on that bus, right? So essentially the intelligence is controlling the mind, which is the leashes. The mind is controlling the senses and we are holding the, and we are holding essentially all of it. And it's all the reins. The, yeah, the reins. The whole point is to make sure that we as a soul have a peaceful walk. And in right. order to do that, we need to keep our intelligence, our mind, and our senses in check. Right, because if not, the dogs, the five dogs will take a whiff of something yummy, they'll sprint. Another yep. female dog will walk by, they'll sprint. And what if that dog has a family and kids at home? You can't just sprint to the random That's female true. dog walking by. That's you have very, to very, true. It. very true. What, what else you got on the purport? Well, I just, I just to say the same thing, but in, a, in different words, I would say, so here it says the individual is uh, is the passenger in the car of the material body, right? Right. So, so we have if, uh, different, but same analogy, right? So we have a car, right? And the person driving is us, like the 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 soul, the soul, and the material body, yep. right? Right. Uh, the intelligence. Wait, what? That one second. The individual is the passenger in the car of the material body. I think what's the happening is Priya is and I are getting riled up because we know we have to wrap up, but there's so much here that we want to talk about, so we're getting frantic. I am. No, I think it's fine. I think you guys <laughs> could take time to just explain it. And yeah, then yeah. We'll, we'll yeah. conclude so, this first. So the individual, us, is the passenger in the car of the material body. So we right. are the passenger. And you can picture okay? like a chariot. That's I the actually want to picture body. a car because it's more practical to every now, to okay, everyday okay. life. Okay. Yeah, Is that okay? I said chariot just because the picture shows it, but let's do car. Yeah, it's a car. So we're the passenger. We're in the passenger seat. Mm -hmm. Okay. Us, our body, our soul. Yeah. Right. The intelligence is the driver. Okay. Mm. So the intelligence is kind of directing how things go. They're holding the steering wheel. They're holding the steering wheel. Yeah. Love that. The mind is the driving instrument. So would the mind be the steering wheel that yes. we're controlling yes. with our intelligence? Oh, yes. I like that. Very yes. good. We're understanding. So yes, yes, yes. And the senses are the tires. Beautiful. Because here it says horses. So oh, if you picture yeah. the chariot analogy, the senses are the five horses, senses. but here they're the five wheels of the car. Yeah. And now maybe we can think of it this way. Okay. <laughs> I'm, I'm about to say something silly, but it's a self-driving car. That's okay. why we're the passenger. <clears throat> okay. Okay. And so if you think about it again, we're the passenger, the intelligence or the AI in this case, well, maybe that's not a good analogy, but anyways, <laughs> is driving the car, 
it's using the steering wheel, the mind to guide it. Mm-hmm. And the senses are the things that help along the way, which are the wheels. Because we the mind moves the wheels, right? The steering wheel moves the wheels. Right. Does that make sense? Yeah. Right. And to, <laughs> to, to do it quickly in the old fashioned analogy with the horses and the chariot, if we let the horses run all over the place, our chariot will go all over the place. We need to take a hold of the, of the, what did yes. I say? The, the reins. The reins, my God. Yeah. We need to take a hold of the reins, or in this case, take a hold of the steering wheel and really navigate it, our vehicle, in the direction we want it to go. So, Arjuna is talking about how the mind is so strong, and we gave you three different analogies to understand that. Yes, and, <laughs> and Prabhupada at the end of the day says, the easiest way to control the mind, as suggested by Krishna, is chanting the Hare Krishna Maha Mantra in all humility. Love right, that. Only right. then will there remain no other engagements to agitate the mind. So like, although we have our intelligence that controls the mind, that controls the senses, and we understand that, um, chanting Hare Krishna helps all of that process. Right. So back to just the simile used here is just such a strong one. We can never capture the blowing wind. And it's even more difficult to capture the turbulent mind. So... Mm. Our, so, sorry, last thing. So we have to do it by a bona fide yoga practice. And for a worldly person like Arjuna, if he thinks it's difficult, what to speak of the modern man or the modern yogi? Ooh. I just wanted to say that. This is the climax <laughs> now. Like, what's going to happen next? You're going to find out on our next episode of The Modern Yogi. What's going to happen next? See you next time. See you next time. Thanks Bye. so much, everybody. Bye. beautiful souls. If you like what you're hearing, please follow us on Instagram at Modern Yogi Podcast. And if you love what you're hearing, please make sure to share a link to our podcast at Modern Yogi Podcast with all your friends, families, and long lost cousins. And if you have any questions at all, send us a DM on Instagram at Modern Yogi Podcast, and we'll be sure to get back to you. Thank you for listening to The The Modern Modern Yogi. Yogi.